When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of The Promised Land, a Manchester United podcast brought to you by 90min and sponsored by ProPrep. I'm Scott Saunders, joined once again by football journalist and United season ticket holder Rob Blanchett. Remember to subscribe. We're on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts and follow us on Twitter. You can find us at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promised Land MU. Rob, Happy New Year. Um would ask how are you, but we're recording this the day after Manchester United Open 2022 with a 1-0 home defeat to Wolves. So more of the same. Lovely stuff. How are you doing? I've been better. You know, you said you use the words happy new year. Well, it is new year, but it certainly isn't happy at the moment. Um, a catastrophic performance against Wolves. Not the result. You know, I think the result, you're losing 1-0. I think you deserve to lose 1-0. When we looked at the kind of open play, I think Wolves were a better team. Um, but we've got a lot to get through today in terms of our podcast and, and kind of talking about Manchester United, because I think we have to kind of discuss some home truths about where United are. And I think United fans have to understand where the football club is at this moment of time. We do. We have a lot to get through. I mean, I usually run on notes, I'll be honest, but um, they're kind of all a bit jumbled up today because there's just so many things that you could you could focus on and get into. Uh, there are a few things that maybe we will discuss. Uh, Luke Shaw's comments, for one, which were <laughs> quite stark, should we put it that way? Uh, he told a lot in his facial expression and actually what he said as well to the press after United lost at home to Wolves, uh, thanks to a late uh, Jean Moutinho goal, which, as you say, Rob, was actually quite deserved. Wolves bossed the first half. United had a bit more, I want to say, control perhaps not control. They looked like they knew what they were doing a little bit more in the second half. But, you know, I always felt that there would be a winner in that game. And when Bruno hit the crossbar um, shortly after coming on, you know, I thought, oh, perhaps there's going to be a sting in the tail here. And there was. Um, Wolves have moved within three points of United in the table. United's top four hopes of taking a batter in. But we'll talk about the bigger picture. We'll talk about Phil Jones, who returned after about two years out and actually ended up being United's best player. And what that means, basically, because we saw elements in Phil Jones's game, as Rob, I'm sure you'll get into, we saw elements in his game, which just don't exist with some of these players. Um, the commitment levels, you know, the desire to win, the desire to put your head in, put your, you know, break your neck to win the ball or whatever. You don't really see that in a lot of these United players, but you know, there's a lot to get into here. We, United have been linked with transfers in January. There's they've been linked with players out, but to be honest, we're not really in a position to talk about how 
can United sign another Bruno and transform everything? I think it's a long way past that. I think there's issues within this team that need to be addressed. And I'm sure, Rob, uh, there's a lot that you'd like to get into. But um, we'll start here. I mean, myself watching on, I've got in, uh, I've got a little bullet point here of a lack of effort, lots of confusion, no control, something Ralph has, talk, Ralph has talked about endlessly. Uh, and it seems like they just love to pass the ball astray. It's it's so weird. You saw it at Newcastle. They gave the ball away a thousand times against Newcastle. What, 147 times or something like that? And there was no suggestion of anything better against Wolves. Um, but it's indicative of the problem that United have. Uh, we'll get into Luke Shaw's comments in a bit, but is there anything you want to open up with, Rob? Well, in football and in this industry that we work in, I often talk about the phrase duty of care. Now that can mean different things in different workplaces, but with a footballer, the first duty of care for them is to look after the football, pass it five, 10 yards, keep it, do your job. And what we're seeing with this main United team is that they just don't do their job. You know, it doesn't matter what tactics you have, what your setup is. You can be four, two, 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 four, two, three, one, four, five, one, five, four, one. It doesn't matter what your formation is. You must look after the ball. And this lot just do not do it. Now, part of that is personal pride, I say. You know, you want to go out there and show that you're a footballer who's worth your 200, 300, 400,000 pound a week. But on the flip side of it, it's just about applying the natural science that you're supposedly good at, that you're a professional at. So I think that that in itself, in an element on its own, is really, really worrying because they've now got a, a wholly technical coach. People criticise Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for not being tactical, for being a kind of playing on vibes and playing on hot air. And yet you look at this Man United team and now that manager is gone, nothing has changed. So we're going to get in, into it today because I think there are deeply psychological issues in this Manchester United dressing room and it runs from the top. It runs from your, your highest paid players all the way down to your fringe players. And it's a huge job now for Ranić to fix and it is not going to get fixed in a few games. Yeah, I think the question's been put out there of Ralph's come in, he's expected to, you know, challenge for top four and just mask over all the problems that United have, you know, get Champions League football, keep the money coming in, you know, pick up the results with this talented group of players that um, they've so often been labelled uh, because, you know, I've, I've always said that, I've always defended these players. They are a talented group of players and Luke Shaw has defended them as a talented group of players in his post-match interview as well. But as he says, talent does not, it's not everything. Quality is not enough, I believe is what he said. Uh, you know, Ranić come in and as you've said, Rob, he's getting some uh, criticism from uh, United fans, which is obvious after losing at home to Wolves in that fashion. Some Ralph out chants or not chants, uh, shouts on social media, which are inevitable really with the world of Twitter and this kind of stuff. But He's come in, he's got a big job to do. And I think that is the, the big uh, plus point for some fans in hiring Rannick is that there was an indication that some of these problems that are deep-rooted might be able to be fixed with Rannick coming in. And it wasn't always going to necessarily be just the upturn on the pitch and getting the most out of these players. It's, it's, it's a problem that's been 10 years in the making or something like that. I mean, all of this... Um, 
lack of direction has just filtered down and it's United have now got the second most expensive squad in football who just cannot string two passes together and not trying hard enough. And Luke Shaw's comments pretty much summed it up and nailed it on the head. So I think we're going to base the show today around Luke Shaw's comments and Phil Jones's performance as, you know, kind of opposites. And Luke Shaw went on and actually complimented Phil Jones for his performance and defended him, which was nice to see. But this is what Shaw said. I picked out some quotes uh, from his post-match interviews that I'm just like to repeat here because we think that it's quite uh, telling and proving of the problems that United do have. So we couldn't get hold of the ball and didn't have any options. When we didn't have the ball, we weren't aggressive enough and we weren't on the front foot. We didn't put them under pressure. As players, we've been here a long time. We know what it's like when we have the intensity, when the motivation's there. But tonight, maybe we struggled. I didn't think we were all there together. We felt like we were struggling. You look at the players we have, we have unbelievable quality, but quality is sometimes not enough. We need to bring intensity and more motivation inside the dressing room. We know what we want, but out on the pitch, we need to give 100% to win these types of games. We all need to be 100% committed. It's tough and disappointing. Now, one player who did give 100% was Phil Jones. After two years, he hadn't played. um, And he really fought for the shirt. He fought for his place. um, And he was United's best player. But... Luke Shaw's spot on there, isn't he? Um, did you United players have done this a lot? They've come out and they've been really frank with their interviews and said it's not been good enough, but we never really seem to get any improvement. So, you know, do you think this one was different? No, not really. I think this is what we've seen all season long. Um, I think there's a kind of bypass element of when things changed. It you could say it might have been the Europa League final. But I think for me, it was more the summer transfer window. So the summer transfer window was the time to fix what was wrong. And what Man United did was they fluffed it by kind of looking at a shirt seller. So it's no, no offence to Cristiano Ronaldo. We know he scores lots of goals. But there's no doubt that there is an element now at United where there is like a, a kind of squashed hierarchy. And I think that that's been evident all season long. It got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the sack. You know, Ole went from being a guy second in the league and getting to European final to being gone in a matter of games. You know, it kind of it was a really quick process to the end of his tenure. And now you've got a different style of coach who's having exactly the same problems. And I think what's interesting about Luke Shaw's comments there is that they are the absolute bottom dollar truth. He is telling the truth there. And that is that when we want to do it, it, it works. But when we don't want to do it and we're not together, we might lose games. That's kind of what he's saying. And he did make a big point of like congratulating Phil Jones for his performance. Because I think what Phil Jones did last night, and, and this is kind of like crazy that we talk about Phil Jones being Man United's best player. Like It's not something that anyone could have put a bet on yesterday, this time yesterday in the morning that Phil Jones would have been Man United's best player in a, in a football match in the Premier League. It just does not make sense. But what Phil Jones did was that he rolled back the years in the sense that that was the expectation of a Man United player when he was in Fergie's team. You go out there, you take responsibility for your performance. This lot do not do that. From the young players to the senior players, they do not take responsibility. And because they give that responsibility away, you look rubbish. So this is kind of where we are with Man United. And I think that this has been a long bleeding out process to this Wolves defeat. 
And I think we'll see worse. I don't think it gets fixed in the next game. Because I think when you look at the two games back-to-back together, so you're looking at the Burnley match and the Wolves match, the Burnley match was better because there was more application. Burnley sit a little bit deeper and play a longer ball. So what can you do? You can press and set traps. And United did that it now and then. Not 100%, but they did it enough. You win the game 3-1. Wolves are a completely different team. Wolves play a wing-back system. They're going to be through you in about five seconds. And then they're on the back four. And that's why Phil Jones looks so good, because Phil Jones had to do a lot of defending. So you, you look at those tactical elements, and I don't think that Ranier could have done anything different with his system to kind of help it. But you know what, Scott? These players could run a bit more. You know, they could actually show they're playing for the shirt. One guy did, someone that you don't want to base the football club around, Phil Jones. But what about the other ones? What about Cristiano? What about Cavani? You know, they're, they're, all, they're all there. I have to take responsibility for their games, but they've also got to take the responsibility for leading the team. And there is just no leadership on that football pitch. We're halfway through the season, Rob. Um, I think it's 19 games now. United are seventh in the league. Uh, they're still not out of touch with Champions League places and this kind of stuff. I, I don't want to jump too far to conclusions because things can change quite quickly. But you mentioned there it's going to be a long bleeding out process. How long is that going to take, do you think? It really depends on what your plan for a new manager is. So, you know, I, I do think that when you bring an interim in, it can either go north or south. You know, it really can. It's it's one or the other. So you either bring an interim in that that gets everyone hyped again, that that kind of gives them a big cuddle, a bit like Ole did after Jose Mourinho. So Mourinho had been a really toxic end to his tenure. Ole comes in, gives them all a big hug, they start playing football games. Like, oh, okay, man management. And now we're seeing the opposite. We you got rid of the man manager because results weren't there because it wasn't working. You bring in the tactician, someone who's going to tell people to do the work, and what's happening? They're not doing the work so that's a difficult impasse how do you get through that and I just don't know I don't know how long you can measure that because there is no there's no ruler that you can kind of put up against this problem and say this is how long the problem is I think the problem is deep and that you know you've got all sorts of things coming up now with the January transfer window I think you'll see um a, a real um Huge, like a huge amount of players leaving the football club. I really do believe that because I, I think United are at that transitional stage again where there's so many players at the football club that just can't help you on a football pitch. And I think Ranić looks at that and sees that and he'll communicate that to the board. But this is a strange board because they do not have maybe the same primary goals as other football clubs. You know, they're a, com- they're a commercial board. They're looking to make money in COVID times. And that's at loggerheads with what I think Ranić's job is. So how long will that take? I don't know. You know, like when you look at that team last night, you kind of want to drop virtually all of them. Like you want to look like, like I look at Harry Maguire now and Harry Maguire's personal performances have been awful this year. There is no way that I put Harry Maguire back in that team over Phil Jones. And that is not something I thought I would have said yesterday. So this is kind of how bizarre it gets is that you, ne- you now need to look at alternatives um, you know, I think if Hannibal was available, um, obviously he's gone to the Africa Cup of Nations. I think if he was available, you might start him now in that midfield. You'd find ways of moving elements around. Anthony Alanga probably would start more games now. So there, there are players at the football club that I think Ranić, if he was just given full reign, would just go and do it. He'd bring these young players in and drop the older players. But how do you drop Cristiano Ronaldo? 
how do you do it when this is a, when this board will expect to see Ronaldo and Cavani play football? It's really tough. And, you know, again, I said after last night's game, I'll just say it again here on our podcast, this season was supposed to be about Jaden Sancho, Mason Greenwood and Marcus Rashford. Those three players at the top end of the pitch in a 4-3-3. And we have not got that. And that's why is that? It's because we went out and bought Ronaldo. That crushed Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's best intentions. And here we are now, 20 games into a season almost, halfway through the campaign, and all of these issues are manifesting themselves. So you need to find a way with a manager to fix them. And I don't think an interim really can fix them. Let's talk about Ralph for a second. Um, now, I'm not one of those people who are pointing the finger at him. I think he, perhaps there's... Perhaps he could have acted a little quicker with some some decisions last night because I think United were short in midfield and he did end up saying that Wolves dominated the midfield. I think that's as much as the players running would have made a difference. I think they probably need an extra man in there, perhaps. Um, do you, does he have any blame for last night? Do you feel like he could have done anything differently? No, I don't think the tactics are a problem. Like United started off playing 4 and you do that because that's what you're training to do, yeah? That's Ranić's system, that's the Red Bull system, and he's been trying to put that towards these players. So when you look at the record, I think United's record is something like one drawn, one drawn, one, and now lost. And the system hasn't been a problem. It's not been particularly dynamic, but it isn't dynamic. It's there to kind of facilitate certain, certain things on a football pitch. What he did do in the second half is that he did change the system. He kind of went to three at the back, he pushed players forward. We played a wing-back system and it was successful in the second half compared to the first half. So I don't think it's a systematic issue or even a personnel issue. It's about the players wearing the shirt and doing their job for pride. It's got to be. When they're not running around, you know, there's an element here. I'm going to post it on Twitter later on because I've seen it. So guys, if you go to my, my Twitter later on after the show, you'll see the photo. There's a photo of United players coming out at the start of the game in their tracksuits. And they all look miserable as sin, like they could be anywhere else in the world except Old Trafford. You know, they're not interested at all. And there is one player amongst their ranks doing something different. That's Phil Jones, jumping up and down like a crazed man, hyping himself up, getting himself ready to play for Manchester United again. But the other guys, absolutely head bowed, walking out there. Your big leader is Cristiano Ronaldo. He's your captain on the night. He's your superstar. He's your icon. And he looks miserable. Now, I'm not having it. I know people love Cristiano, but that is just as bad as if Aaron Wambasaka looks like that. You know, I'm not interested in individuals. I'm interested in the team. And you can see at the moment the team is rotten. So I think this is the whole thing for Ralph is what do you do with things, something that's broken? Well, you try and fix it, but it takes time to fix it. And you've seen other football clubs over the years. Pep Guardiola, it took a whole year at, at Manchester City to fix them. Pep, um, Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool took a whole year to fix them. We cannot expect Ralph Ranić to fix this Man United team in five or ten games. It doesn't work like that. And there's some real huge problems and holes in this Manchester United squad. You mentioned Jurgen Klopp there. I'll just uh, counter that with this point. Um I think I remember the first game that Jurgen Klopp had at Liverpool. I think it was against Spurs. And I think it might have ended nil-nil. But I've, I remember that you we would see the players would sprint, you know. Uh, so there was at least something to hang your hat on. Um, like 
I don't think we've really seen anything that we can hang our hat on. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, criticizing Ralph or whatever. I don't think that we have seen any real signs since the first game of the players taking his style on board. It feels a bit like more of the same. Is that entirely the player's fault? Or do you feel like Ralph... Because one thing Luke Shaw also said is maybe the manager's can, manager can bring some new ideas to the training pitch or something like that. I think that was at the end of his interview, which I thought was interesting as well. So, you know, there's I don't feel like there's anything yet that you can that United fans can hang their hat on and say, oh, right, I see this. I see that Ralph is implementing this. We can take some encouragement from that. Or is that literally just entirely down to the players not trying hard enough? Well, when you look at the technique of gegenpressing pressing and how you do it, it's not difficult. It really isn't difficult. What it's about, it's about triggers. So it's about when an opponent has a ball that you have a plan in place to then press them and trap them in a certain part of the pitch to then win the ball back, make them make a mistake. But that comes through endeavour and hard work. The issue we're seeing with Man United is endeavour and hard work. That's the problem. So it's like, you know, you and me, Scott, like if I tell you, Scott, to go and do something and I say, go and do it now, and you, you 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 try and do it, but you don't do it. And I say, well, well, Scott, why has that not happened? And you'll be like, well, because this, that, and the other. And then the next time I say, can you do it? And you do it a little bit better. And I feel better about that because you've gone and done it. And then the next time it doesn't happen again. And I'm like, well, why did that not happen? This is what's going on with Rannick and his players. This is what's happening. It's this cycle of like, uh, well, maybe we'll do a bit of running today for half an hour. Maybe we'll do a bit of running for one half of football Oh, look against Burnley. We scored 3-1. Everything's fixed. We did a little bit of running, but we didn't completely run. And then you run into Wolves and Wolves wipe the floor with you because you didn't run, because you didn't work. This is the problem. This is the workplace for these Man United players. They have to prove themselves every day. And I don't believe that this set of players think about that. I think they earn big money. I don't know if they like each other. They don't play for each other. There is definitely a disconnect, I think, between the senior players and the younger players. Um, there was two elements in the game against Wolves. And, you know, we talked about this off camera and off, off mic. Uh, there was a point where Jaden Sancho runs through with a ball and Cristiano is in. And he's just got to slide him in. And he takes a really bad shot instead. And then there was a moment later on where Cavani was in the same scenario at the edge of the box, just had to slide Mason in. And I think both of those times you slide those players in, you score pretty much where you hit the target. So you could score two goals in that element. And what did they do? Both of them made wrong decisions. You have to ask why they made those decisions. Is it just a footballing moment or is it because there is a fracture in this Man United team? And I'm leaning towards the latter now. I think that they they just don't particularly like each other. And you can see that because there is no, there's no love on that football pitch, Scott. There's nothing between them that you think, yeah, there's chemistry and there's fight. Individually, there is. Phil Jones showed that he wants to play for the badge. I think in other weeks, Scott McTominay's shown he wants to play for the badge, even though I think he was really poor against Wolves. And other players have, have had good moments. But that's what this team is. They're a moments team. They can do it in half-hour spells, and then they want to go on holiday. And this is just its just what we've seen all season long. It's not about Ranić, and it's not even about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's about high-profile players not doing their jobs. So, difficult one, really, because United have to play 11 players. So, is there anyone... How, how do United get around this? So, United, United play Aston Villa twice now. I think they, they have a break until next Monday. I think that's when United's next game is in the FA Cup, Monday night. 
against Villa in the FA Cup and then they have Villa in the league. Uh, Villa, one of the teams to beat United already this season under Dean Smith. Um, I'm sure Steven Gerrard, Gerrard will be relishing the prospect of trying to beat this Man United team twice in a row. Uh, I'm fearful, I've got to admit. <laughs> uh, I think that, you know, I think that Villa are one of these teams that do work hard for each other and they could probably challenge, or they, they definitely will challenge United in that department. So if United aren't up for it, this is another game that they're going to lose, maybe two. So how do United approach this now over the next week? Is it a case of, you mentioned earlier on that Ranić can't exactly drop Ronaldo, can he? Is this a, are there certain players that need to be dropped? Is this is this the week now where Ralph look, looks at that and goes, right, you lot, you lot aren't doing it for me. I'm going to trust the young players. Um, this is how we're going to look for the next few weeks. I'm going to put players in who will run, who are wi- who are willing to put the effort in, and we'll see where it takes us because this obviously isn't working. Is that the way that he goes? How how do you think it's going to play out? I think overall the problem for Ranić coming to the football club is that there is an expectation that certain players play. And that is because of the commercial arm of Manchester United, how it is. You've got to sell shirts. You put these players in shirts. You sell the shirts. That's what it is. Bingo. Finished. I think for Ralph, in this kind of short spell as manager of the football club, he's going to make tough choices. And I think you saw that with Bruno Fernandes against Wolves. So Bruno could have stepped straight back in the team. That would have been what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would have done, wouldn't it? Ole, he would have served a ban, had a, had a week off comes straight back in the team and his performances are kind of by the by. It doesn't really matter what he does, but you saw that he was willing to, to put Bruno on the bench and go with it. And I think you saw it as well with the fullbacks. So the fullbacks did well at the start when Ranić came in, they had a bad game. He dropped them. He brought Sean Wamasaka back in. I don't think that he's afraid to do that. So I think we might see Phil Jones play more games if he stays at the football club, because He's proving himself. And I think Rani will be telling that to the players. If you prove yourself, then you'll play games. And that's the manager we want and we need. So I just think that that he will be brave in those decisions, but it might not be completely what we all want to see as football fans. Like there's still a huge element of Manchester United in the fan base of, as I call them, the Viva Ronaldos, who, who will never want to see the senior players, their favourite players, the shirt sellers, the heroes, the icons, to be dropped because they don't watch football for that. They watch football to see those players, but United need to mix it up. You know, they really do. And they've got a big squad and it's about trying to utilize them. But if that squad doesn't work, then start the process of getting rid of talent that doesn't help you and start rebuilding. So it might mean that you you get one or two transfers in January, but you're never going to find the right player. Are you, you know, it's a difficult one for, for Ralph. But the first thing is that these players need to run. They need to start showing that they want to play for Man United. And I think what Ralph will be saying is that if you don't want to do it, I will be communicating that to the board and you will be gone. Because I think that's what Ole did. Ole, when Ole came in, Ole was quite clear to let's say, let's like take one player as an example, Romelu Lukaku. He said to Romelu Lukaku, if you don't want to run for me, I'll sell you. And some United fans are a bit like, mm, don't know if that's going to work. You've just paid a lot of money for this guy. And what happened? He sold him. And I think that that's kind of where we stand today. I think that Ranić will communicate that. And, and the board might listen to someone like Ranić, who is a third party, you know, somebody who, who's not part of this project. He's got incredible expertise at building squads and building football clubs. 
you know, been a director of football for the Red Bull organization for a long time. And if he comes in and says, you know what, these lot don't train hard, they don't run on a football pitch, you might, you might have to sell them. You then might hear someone like Ed Woodward and the guys there go, actually, yeah, that's a good idea. You've told us, you've told us that in a more forensic manner than say Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did. So yeah, I think the I think it's just a moment of huge transition, Scott. I really do. I think there's going to be lots of sales. And you might find one or two players that help you. But my God, start running. You know, unless you start running, we can't really see that there's a solution, can you? You know, like, what's the point? They'll all be in, they'll all have a day off today after the game, because that's what you do. They'll all go back into training. And I guarantee you they'll all be absolutely miserable as sin, because you can see that in their game on the pitch. Whatever's going on on the training ground is not working at the moment but we've also got to put the caveat in that if you want to press it takes weeks to learn because it is a method triggers are a method and it is an abstract method and you've got to learn it it's not something that just comes overnight but please start running go and look at phil jones and do a little bit of what phil jones is doing we have an incredible exclusive offer from our friends at pro prep this is the perfect study tool for university students undertaking science, engineering, or maths-related modules. It can halve your study time. ProPrep provides bite-sized videos relevant to the module or course, which can be accessed from any device at any time. It has already helped over 500,000 students pass their exams. They provide customized STEM study tools that match your syllabus. Long lectures are condensed into short and clear video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've just learned with interactive exercises and practice questions so you'll be ready. You can even submit questions to the ProPrep professors and receive a video answer within 24 hours. ProPrep created a special offer just for our listeners. All you need to do is go to their website, proprep.uk slash info slash football for more information. And our listeners can sign up for a free 30-day trial now. No credit card information required. That's proprep.uk slash info slash football. ProPrep, the ultimate study tool. Rob, the remainder of the season... I looked at that game last night and I thought there are at least six teams in this league that are better than Manchester United, at least um, in terms of how they play. You look at Arsenal now. I know United beat Arsenal last month, but the way Arsenal played against City the other day prove like they've dropped Aubameyang and they look together. You look at Liverpool they have their problems. They're not as good as they used to be, but they can, they're, they're still killers. I, I know that Mane and Salah will miss a chunk of the next few weeks due to AFCON. Um, but they look, you know, they look better than they were last season, obviously, because they've got their big players back. City and Man City, Chelsea, they've had their problems, but they they look better than United. Tottenham have Antonio Conte. West Ham are working to the bone. And then you've got other teams who are, well, Wolves are a place behind United and just showed that they played United off the park last night. So, just before I, I want to talk about Phil Jones in a bit, but what's left of this season? Is there? I know, I know they're not far off the top four, and you can't rule out things turning around. But United looks so far off, knowing what they're doing at the moment, that you just worry that they could just slip into mediocrity, or worse, the well, Conference League. They're already a mediocrity. We, are, we, we live in mediocrity. This is what, what the football club is. You know, players won't run. You're mediocre. So the, I, I, I'm being honest, as a Man United fan, as a football journalist, I'm trying not to look at it like that at the moment because I think the problems are so deep-rooted that you, you kind of need to break the wheel to reinvent it. 
So, you know, at all football clubs, you, you can see that some minor changes sometimes can, can kind of patch up the wound, you know, put a plaster on the wound and you can move forward and you, you can win a few games, keep fans happy and you carry on. But I don't think Man United are at that moment. You know, you mentioned their Arsenal and I think that's a really, really good talking point and a good comparison. Because what have Arsenal done? They've had this issue with Aubameyang, their biggest earner, their superstar. Yeah, the, the one player that maybe could walk into many other top football clubs. And Arteta has managed to kind of look at that situation and find a way. Yeah, so he's dropped Aubameyang. And Arsenal look as good as they've ever looked. Yeah, they look now, as, as you're seeing them, that this is the best they've looked for a long time. The other flip coin of that is that one of the reasons is that Arteta's had time. He's had time to work with these players now, a long time, and he now knows what works and what doesn't work. So he's worked with the young players, he's developed them, he's seen the senior players that might, maybe don't do the things he wants to do. And when it's come to Aubameyang, he's dropped him and gone, well, I don't want you on my plans. Ranić is going to have to do that in a kind of much smaller sample size. So again, if I'm Ralph Ranić and I'm looking at Cristiano and I'm looking at Cavani, and I know long term they're not going to give the club what they need, there would be an element here where you would probably drop those two players or you would say to them that you're going to come off the bench more and you're going to play younger players. You know, as I just said there earlier on, if this season was about Sancho, Greenwood and Rashford, do we think Man United would be better in attack? Personally, yes. I think if United had those three raiding and playing more counter-attack, I think they would work better as a unit, as a front three. I think that they would be a tougher sell to defences when you put them in front of them because of their youth and their energy and their pace. Because Man United at the moment look like a bunch of geriatrics at top. And the problem is you've got two strikers who've got a combined age of like 300. You know, they're just, they're, they're great players, great, you know, heroes of the past. And they can do it at moments, but you don't need that at the moment you need to build. So when you look at Arsenal, Saka, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, Odegaard, all players who are young on their first contract, as Rangnick has talked about, desperate to show what they can do. May United, on the other hand, players on their last contracts, players who come for huge paydays and players who simply are not cutting it. So I think you need to make that change. But whether that happens like now in the next few games, I'm not so sure because there is still this element of the football club being dictated to by the commercial arm that runs the football club. If they come 10th, will that change, do you think? Because... Oh, if they come 10th, of course, yeah. It, it will do. Like, like All football clubs understand the results. That's all they understand. So the guys who, who run Man United, the board, they are money people. So if you come 10th, that's going to impact your, 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 your money, your profit. So things change and they make, they make more radical decisions. But, you know, that, that's not football. You know, like you've got an acute tactical coach running the football club right now. And it's not working. So you, you do have to do maybe more things that are unpopular. And as I said, I think the most unpopular thing you could do right now is to go and sit Cristiano on the bench. And people will go mad about that. Man United fans will go absolutely ballistic. And if someone like myself calls for it and says that might be a solution, I will get completely abused on social media. I'll have Man United fans after me and screaming at me. I had people screaming at me last night saying you advocated Ralph Ranić, you know, it's your fault, blah, blah, blah. This is what football is like now. And Rob, we can't you hired it. Ralph Ranić. So it was my it fault. It is your fault. It was my fault. I was going, Ralph Ranić would be a good answer to this football club because of his tactics and all that. And people are like, who's Ralph Ranić? Then he gets the job. It's not my fault. 
it's the player's fault, you know. And this is the whole thing. I, I'm never going to diss Cristiano in that way, you know, because he will be remembered as one of the greats, if not the greatest footballer of all time. He's going to have a record that stands out above everyone else. You know, he's 800 goals and counting, but he's not what we need. You know, you need a leader, you need someone who's going to run, and you need a set of players that are just youthfully energetic. You need Smith Rowe, Saka, Martinelli and Odegaard. That's what Man United need. But Arsenal have got that at the moment. United have got young players, but now they've got to be let off the leash to go and do that job. Changing uh, direction a little bit here. I did want to talk about Phil Jones uh, because he did that interview a few weeks ago, a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, which was really good. Um, he's had a really hard time, you know, over the past, wow, how long has he been with United for, I guess, 11 years, 10 and a half years now or something like that. Obviously came in with a lot of promise, but as we all know, he hasn't really played for United for two years due to chronic injury problems, you know, and all this kind of business. He was part of the terrible two, you know, Jones and Smalling, which, you know, was <laughs> pointed at as the, you know, the the start of the failure for United. But I think under Alex Ferguson, you know, he, there was that, obviously, uh, that big Ferguson quote, which will <laughs> forever be held up. Um, I can't call it what it exactly was now verbatim, but you you know which one I'm talking about. But it was good to see him back, wasn't it? I mean, and as we mentioned earlier, he was actually United's best player. And because, Rob, as you alluded to earlier, he was brought up under Sir Alex Ferguson where effort was the minimum requirement. And his desire to make a difference meant that he was probably United's best player on the pitch last night. Yeah, the famous Fergie quote goes along the lines of after a performance of Phil Jones playing well again for Fergie. Fergie said he could become the best player Manchester United have ever had. And the thing is, now we obviously, there's a there's a mockery around that. And, you know, that's it's been quoted so many times about Phil Jones. But at that time, it was true. Because I, I, I'll i put my own little bit of insight into this. When I saw Phil Jones as a teenager at Blackburn, Phil Jones was rated in the Northwest as the best defensive talent to ever come out of the Northwest at that age group. Yeah, he was the Wayne Rooney of defenders. That's what he was. He was big. He was strong. He was technical. He could lead. He was like a Herculean character. He could play left back, right back, centre back, central midfield. He could do everything as a teenager. And that's why United kept an eye on him and obviously eventually brought him to the football club. And in his earliest days, he was really, really good. You know, he was so good. I can remember watching at Old Trafford and thinking, wow, look at this lad playing right back this week, just like a monster, just everywhere, you know, oh, you know, putting his body on the line, showing that he really wants it. And we did see a little bit of that, obviously, last night against Wolves, uh, that we saw that, that kind of his own personal motivation comes from a source that maybe is from Manchester United past from 10 years ago, because that's how he was raised. And I think it's important to give players a chance. Like, and like I just said to you there, that, you know, I would play Phil Jones now and I would drop Harry Maguire because Phil Jones is playing better than Harry Maguire. And that's how it should be done. It shouldn't be done on reputation, should it? So I, I was pleased with it. And, and, and think today in reflecting in it and trying to be more erudite and calm and all of those things, I kind of fell in love a little bit with Phil Jones again last night because I do remember about what I saw in him in that first one or two seasons before injury wrecked him. And he's just had 
incredible issues with with injuries off the, keeping him off the pitch and not allowing him to develop into the player that he he should have been he's 29 years old and you know at 19 he was the next duncan edwards he was the next big thing and unfortunately it didn't happen for him but while he's at the football club do you know what scott we should give him a go you know if he wants to put his body on the line at least he might show one or two of those charlatans in the man united squad and i'm going to call them that because they shouldn't be there Maybe he shows them what it means to be a Man United footballer. You know, I really don't seem to have 11 players who are performing to their maximum levels at the moment. Maybe, you know, Phil Jones showing the minimum requirements of what a United player should be last night. Um, and maybe we will see him again. Uh, I but, didn't but really is there, is there any, sorry, but Sorry, just to jump in. Is there, any, is there any coincidence that the two players who show who are showing what you want to see from them are two players from the last championship winning squad. Phil Jones did it on one night and hopefully he can replicate it. But the other player is David De Gea, whose, whose levels have gone through the roof this season. The modern players, the ones we've got at the football club, both the youth and the seniors, are pathetic. So I think that there is a kind of disconnect there from the past to, to the present. And it doesn't matter if you're Cristiano Ronaldo or Cavani or whoever... People want Donny van der Beek in the team. People don't like Aaron Wambasaka. People have moaned about Luke Shaw. People would say Harry Maguire is this, that, and the other. You've just got to go out there and show that you want it, surely. Surely that is the first prerequisite of football. You do wonder how United are going to deal with that in January because, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about January here because we are in a transfer window. Uh, I think Axel Tuanzebe is close to joining Napoli on loan uh, from. Aston, he's been at Aston Villa this season, but he hasn't really, you know, had a good time there. But maybe I think Napoli need cover for Kaladu Koulibaly uh, and he could end up playing a role for Napoli this season as they look to, not sure f- how far off they are off the top in Italy now, but they're, they're in the Champions League hunt for sure. Um, so best of luck to him. Uh, Anthony Martial has been linked with, yeah, you haven't seen him recently. Ralph Rani has been quite clear with saying that Martial has been very clear in saying that he wants to leave. Perhaps there'll be more of those players. I mean, we'll talk about Paul Pogba in a bit. His contract situation is obviously, you know, he's got less than six months left now, so he can now talk to clubs abroad about pre-contract agreements. Jesse Lingard, the same. Juan Mata is there earning money, but the last time we saw him, he played in the midfield too, and I nearly had it. You know, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but, you know... Uh, he hasn't doesn't really seem to have the legs, even if uh, even if Juan Mata's attitude is great. I don't think physically he's up to the task anymore. So uh, we could see a few players leave this month. Uh, would you want to go with this, Rob? Because there are so many problems in this team. Do you think this is this sh- this month now should be the start of the clear out? Which and is a clear out necessary? Absolutely necessary. Is that the the top priority here for the next two transfer windows? Well, yeah, I think we're at that stage now and we can see it on the football pitch that there is a, a verve that I think was maybe present last season that has completely disappeared. It's completely disappeared. The motivation, and this is what Luke Shaw was talking about, is that when the motivation isn't there, you're going to lose games, you're going to look bad. And that motivation has completely just, like as you said, bled away. And you've brought one of the greatest players of all time to the football club and you foolishly thought that that would get you closer to Manchester City and Liverpool. 
rather than fixing the fundamental issues, maybe in midfield and maybe at central defence. You brought Varane in, but obviously he's been injured. It's going to take time for him to to really kind of think, put his his fingerprints all over that defence. I think you have to keep working with that. But yes, I do think that that the kind of fire sale starts now. And I think you have to get out of this cycle of fringe players being the main topic of conversation. Because when things are are so bad on a football pitch, you need to talk about the senior players and the leaders and things like that. But we still talk about Donny van der Beek way too much. We still talk about Jesse Lingard way too much. We talk about everyone who cannot help Man United in this moment way too much. So I think you have to start that cycle now of pushing these players out, getting whatever transfer fees you can get for them. And then it helps the football club make a kind of more political decision to start signing players that can then help you. You know, obviously Manchester United have been heavily linked with uh, Julian Alvarez, and, and that is something that is is partly agent talk. He is a huge talent. You know, he's an incredible player for River Plate, 21 years old, can do all sorts of things in the top end of the pitch. Players are 10, players are nine, players are winger. You can do all of those things. And he would definitely help Ralph Ranić now if you went and signed him. But will you sign him? You know, there's, there's still that big question. He's got a, a, a small release clause of around, I think, 16 or 17 million pounds, really a small amount for a player who essentially this time next year could be worth 100 million because he is that good. So do you go and make that deal today? Well, yes. If we were football managers and football uh, board people, we would go and authorise that deal. But we just don't know in Man United because Man United still want to see Ronaldo out there for as long as possible. So this conflict will exist, I think, to the end of the season. And I think that that will will damage Manchester United's Premier League aspirations. Like now we're talking, say, top four. It was only 20 games ago we were talking about a title challenge. In another 20 games time, you know, when we get to the end of the season, we'll be saying, can United be in the top half? I think it's that bad. You know, we just talked about Klopp as well in that first season. You said, obviously, players were running. And they were running for him because he, he started to implement that rock and, you know, that kind of heavy metal football, as he calls it. But they came eighth, I think, that year, seventh or eighth. And that's kind of, that was their level. This Man United team, that's their level. Seventh or eighth is their level. If they get top four, Ranić is a miracle worker and you need to give him the job for five years because this lot are a problem. So, yes, it needs to start in this January transfer window. Whether we will get particularly far in a rebuild now, I, I really doubt because it's very rare to see it. But you can go and get players out there who will come to United and go, yeah, I want to play for this club. I want to. I do actually want to run around like Bruno did in those first months when he came, and he became the one-man press. He'd get, he'd be on the halfway line, he'd run at the goalkeeper, and people were like, "We've not seen this before. A player running." And now we're looking at it. We're not seeing one player run. You know, and that is a problem. And you can't just live on hot air of players like Phil Jones and Scott McTominay giving you energy moments. You need technical quality you need to be able to pass the ball and you need to show that you want to be there at work you know this is your place of work go and prove that you're worth your contract yeah I think there's a it's a question of United's wage bill is massive I think there's a lot of players in there Anthony Marcia I think is on a quarter of a million a week or something like that 200 200 250 a week which is going to prove a problem uh, in actually shifting him along. I think that's obviously been part of the holdup with uh, his loan departure. Juan Mata is making a lot of money. Uh, Paul Pogba, as we'll talk about in a second. Again, I want to come back to him at the end. Uh, 
250 290 something like that I, you know these are massive contracts which probably do if, as well as bloating united squad it means that they can't really go and regenerate that that much so i think january might be an important time to clear some of that out i'm just going to mention to you rob here Dennis Zakaria from uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach is out of contract at the end of the season. I think I've mm-hmm. seen some links with him in the last few days, but I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of different clubs who are sniffing around him for either a reduced fee this month or a free contract at the end of the season because he's out of contract. I don't think he's going to be renewing. Uh, player who will work hard. Um, not sure how much you know about him, but uh, do you feel like players of that ilk are the ones they should be going after? I do think that whatever this next rebuild looks like is it needs to be built around players that want it rather than superstars. You know, so if you're looking at the contracts, you're looking at the contracts or the wage bill, then yes, you need to kind of get that down. But you've got to almost change the philosophy of the football club. So Zakaria is is being linked, I think, with Roma in recent days. Um, he's a good player. You know, I think he would do more of what Ranjit wanted. Does he fix everything? Of course he doesn't fix everything. You know, you, you, you kind of need to take the fundamentals of, of a team and start from fresh. And that means te- making really, really tough decisions with the senior players. You know, you just mentioned Anthony Martial there. You know, he's on a quarter of a million pound a week. It's going to be really, really hard to move a player like that. There's no way I think Sevilla take that contract on without United supplementing it. But you probably do need to get him out of the football club. Because if you get him out of the football club, you can then sell the football club to another player. You can say, we're losing this player and we want you to come in and we want you to do this role. All of that business that goes around football is really important because that's how agents, and that's how individual players work. They see their opportunity like Bruno Fernandes did. And that's why Bruno left Sporting Lisbon at that moment. He saw he could go to Man United and make an impact. And that's why he was so keen. So he went and did that. And I think that's that's the kind of play United need to look at in a long-term build you're not going to get what you want from you know a one or two year veteran that's not what this man united team needs so you need to do what arsenal have done you need to go we don't need the abamiangs we need the smith rose yeah we need to kind of look to youth and people who are going to make mistakes but honest mistakes because they'll work they'll turn up for training and they'll play hard i don't believe this man united squad do that you know, I think maybe one or two of them do. I do know there's plenty of them in that squad that are United fans and that love United and want to do well for United. But that is not something that is the marker for the whole squad. I think there's too many big-time Charlies, too many players who think that they are maybe even bigger than a football club. And maybe with one or two of them, maybe they are. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to name names. I think we've named their names plenty today. But I think you need to go and find solutions. You need to go and find them quickly. But January is just a notoriously hard time to bring in game-changing footballers. But at least the process needs to start. And United's, United are rotten in so many positions. They've got lots of players, but not many players that can change things. Didn't want to move on on that note to Paul Pogba, because I think he has been labelled like that, but it is next in my agenda. Uh, so, you know, he is out of contract uh, in less than six months. As we mentioned earlier, he can now talk to foreign clubs about a pre-contractual agreement. Although, you know, he's, he's one of those players who's going to be demanding a pretty penny, or maybe it's his agent who's pushing that. But, you know, it's probably the last big chance for Paul Pogba to get a big contract. I saw last night that, as I was tweeting away, I had a few replies of, United can't pass the ball and our best midfielder for passing the ball is injured. 
you know, Paul Pogba has that quality. First of all, on the on the pitch front, do you feel like he could have improved things last night, or do you feel like the malaise is is it, perhaps he's not the right player to go and drag that team forward? Or do you think that with all the passes going behind players or not going in the right places, do you think Pogba's quality could have sub, uh, could have improved that in a sense? Well. Let's look at Ranić first before we talk about Pogba. But we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll kind of rip the Paul Pogba situation apart and, and look at the pieces. Ralph Ranić has talked about playing vertical football, vertical passing football. You get the ball in midfield and it goes forward. Now you could see that against Wolves that wasn't happening. That ball was going sideways, backwards, backwards, sideways, sideways, backwards, forwards. Lost the ball. You need a technical player in the centre of the pitch who can put the ball in the deck and play. 5, 10, 15, 20-yard passes. And the best player at the football club at doing that is Paul Pogba. So the question now with Paul Pogba is, do you give him the contract that he wants to keep him? Paul Pogba has always stated, and this goes back, say, I would say 12 months or even further, that he would stay at Man United if his contract demands were met. Now, of course, Man United fans look at Paul Pogba as this divisive figure. I think if you, you know, I've worked with Man United, I know some of the players, I know kind of how it works. That's never, ever been a thing. No one has ever spoken about Paul Pogba in those terms. He is not Jack Grealish. Yeah, he is not getting caught out on the town. He's not that player. He's not divisive. You know, he is a player that wants to win. And I think he wants to be at a football club to win. So I think this is what's going to happen now in the next few weeks, is that if he now believes that Man United, their ambitions have fallen by the wayside after Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and that it's going to be a rebuilding project, he might look at that and think, nah no, thank you. I don't want to be part of this. And do you know what? If I was Paul Pogba, I would do that. I would say I'm off. Because why would you want to hang around with this board when this build has been going on for like a million years? So all the things that he was promised when he came from Juventus have not been fulfilled by this Manchester United board. You know, the dysfunction has come from the top and it's dribbled its way down. Yes, he's been part of that because Pogba on the football pitch isn't a force of nature. He's going to be a supplementation player in terms of technique and moving you along. He cost a lot of money, so United fans are looking for more from him. But he is not the problem. I would not be surprised after one year of Manchester United's board not offering the contract that he wants, that now that this board offering the contract he wants, because they want to make a statement. They'll say Pogba wants to stay. Oh, we're giving him £400,000 a week. United fans will go off at that and be like, crazy, we want a new player. We want a, a new shiny toy. But it would not be surprising if they try and execute that deal now in a way that they were not looking to do 12 months ago. And this, again, goes down to the way Man United run. You know, this is this is the problem, is that they do things so reactionary. They do not build holistically. Everything is done on a whim. You know, you oh, what's going on? You go and get Sancho, you finally get the player you want. You go and get Varane, you finally go and get player you want. What do you do next? You should go and buy that midfielder you need or that right back. What do you do? Buy Ronaldo. So this is all about Man United and how they do things. Do not be surprised if Paul Pogba stays. But also do not be surprised if Paul Pogba goes. Because if I was Paul Pogba, I'd be looking at one of the other big European giants and saying to them, I'd like to come and win things with you because Manchester United are a mess and I can't win things here. And I think Paul Pogba judges himself, not on his wage, but he judges himself on medals. And when you talk about people around his camp, that is always what you hear. He wants to win World Cups and European titles and domestic championships. And he's won lots of them with Juventus, and he's won them with France, 
but he's getting nowhere near it with Man United. And I don't actually blame him. I think, you know, he's, he's still got seven assists this season. That makes him the second highest in the Premier League. And he's hardly kicked the ball. So we need Paul Pogba back, whether it's for six months now until the end of his contract or, you know, as quick as we can get him back in the team. And he's close. I think he's about two to three weeks away from potentially being back in the team. And as I said, do not be surprised if Man United spring one and say, we've given him a big contract. We keep him full and we've promised him that we're going to spend £300 million on new signings. And he's got Ronaldo here for now. And look, and here's Haaland. You know, it's that kind of thing with Man United. It's a strange football club. Completely with you, Rob. I think United have failed Paul Pogba rather than... Yeah, obviously, I think that there's criticisms you can level at Paul Pogba, which are fair, but I think it's definitely the club doing it wrong rather than him. I think United promised him a project where they would end up getting close to titles and challenging for silverware. They won a couple of trophies in his first season, but, you know, I think it was his first season, his first season, and have not got anywhere near anything since, really. I know they've been in finals, but, you know, did he really want to win another Europa League again? Not really. I don't think that's the kind of trophy he'd be going after. So, to be honest, I think, Whatever decision Paul Popper does make, I hope it's the best one for him. Uh, and I would not blame him in the slightest for taking a contract at one of Europe's giants who can prove that they can challenge for trophies domestically and in Europe every season because United are nowhere near that at the moment. Yeah, and, and I think that with Paul Pogba... I remember lots of discussions when he came to the football club back from Juventus and he talked quite explicitly about why he came back. And for him, it was about unfinished business. He wanted to prove that he didn't just jump ship at Man United. Is that, that, and, and I, I look at Fergie's management of him, and this is the whole thing about maybe with the agent and obviously how Mini Riola does business and all of those things. But Fergie didn't push the boat out to keep Paul Pogba. And that hurt Paul Pogba, you know, and Paul Pogba said, I've got to go and do it somewhere else. Let's be honest. That's happened a lot at United, isn't it? You know, you can even go back to, very recently with players on the fringe of like Angel Gomez and players like that who kind of looked at it and kind of went, well, I'd like to stay at Man United. I love being here, but I've got to kind of go and do it somewhere else because I'm not doing it here. Jaden Sancho did it at Man City, exactly the same thing. He went and found his way somewhere else. I think now with Paul Pogba, he, he the kind of back end of his career, you know, now in his supposed prime, that he's, he's going to want to play for a team that challenges for everything rather than a team that's maybe 7th, 8th or ninth or 10th. And that's what we're saying about Man United. That's not a good look for a superstar, is it? So, you know, I think Pogba and Ronaldo, there's a kind of correlation there of elite players, but not leaders. You know, not players who really can give you that extra bit of heart and soul on a pitch. And I don't blame Paul Pogba for that because he came to the football club to be Paul Pogba, not to be Brian Robson. Yeah, he didn't come to Man United to do that. He came to be a part of the puzzle. The problem is that this Man United team is built on the wrong foundations and has been for many, many seasons. Yes, indeed. We will see what happens with uh, Paul Pogba over the next few months. As you mentioned there, Rob, still not really any closer to knowing what exactly Paul Pogba will do. Um, We are still no closer 10 years down the line to knowing what Man United are, uh, which is... Great fun, you know, uh, watching United get outplayed by Wolves last night. And they were outplayed in the reverse game as well by uh, by them as well. They just managed to win late on earlier in the season. Uh, but United face Aston. They've got a break now of about a week, but they play Aston Villa twice after that, 
with Stephen Gerrard coming to Old Trafford and also hosting United at Villa Park. I'm sure he will be licking his lips at the prospect of beating United twice uh, because they don't really seem to know what they're doing at the moment. We'll see uh, what happens for United over the next week in the transfer window. Uh, I'm not putting my bank on it too much, but it's a case of getting these. I think Ralph's next step now is to really identify the players that actually want to put the effort in and stick with them. What do you think? Yeah. And I think like this is now a kind of counter argument, (laughs) a bit like the counter press, but the counter argument is, is that I'd give Ralph Ranick the job full time. I'd say to him, you're not interim anymore. We did want to keep you. That's why we gave you two and a half year contract. So let's let's be honest about things. We need you to rebuild this football club. That's what you do. You're a builder of football clubs. Because I know United fans, they're all hanging on the Ten Hag flag or oh, the Pochettino flag. These people are not available coming to Man United at the moment. It's not happening as it stands. So you might get one of those guys. But then you're kind of starting this rebuild that you could start today in six months. You're kind of just treading water for six months. You're waiting for players' contracts to expire, yada, yada, yada. You're moving players on and doing all the same stuff. But I think that if you want to create a DNA at Manchester United and a DNA that suits winning the Premier League, you know, one like Man City, one like Liverpool, Ralph Rangnick is the right guy. I still believe that to this to this moment, even after what we've seen in the last few games, I think that he is a technical guy who can build a football club around less fashionable players and players who will then come to be the cherries on the cake. Problem at the moment is the cake stinks. It stinks. It doesn't matter, you know, what it is. It's kind of like you need to throw it in the bin and start again, start the bakery again. So I look at Ralph, I think he's that right guy. I don't want to wait for Pochettino, who's already at a football club. I don't want to wait for Ten Hag, who might do well in the Premier League, but might not and hasn't done it at any other club except Ajax. I think that those are big risks. Um, I like the guy we've already got. I just don't like the players. Let us know what you guys think. You can find us at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at PromisedLandMU. You know, we've talked about a lot of stuff today. Uh, get in touch with us on social to see uh, or let us know what you think and where do United go next from here because we've tried to answer the question today but it's not obviously clear so uh, get in touch with us Uh, remember to subscribe to our show as well we're on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts and I think Rob that we'll be back after the Aston Villa game the first one I would imagine in about a week's time Uh, I'm not expecting miracles I'm expecting another one of these. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, look, we'll always be here for you. So obviously our audience, obviously, have been with us all the way this season with the promised land. We'll still be doing what we do. We'll be breaking it down, trying to give you kind of honest punditry and honest appraisals of stuff. Um, what Man United do, who knows? You know, like it is such a dysfunctional organisation and a dysfunctional football team and things need to be fixed. It's just that who's going to fix it? How much money are they going to spend? And how quickly can you do it? You know, things do not get done in a day. You can't build Rome in a day. You know, ask Jose Mourinho. He's finding it hard to build Rome in a day. It takes time. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, I do think that the first step was finding a coach that can coach, that can put tactics into the squad. And I think what we're seeing is a resistance to that. You may be finding why Ole found it difficult to take the team forward tactically, not just because of his own tactics, but because this lot are dysfunctional. And that is on him. But when you look at what uh, Ralph Ranick does, I think you've got to give him much more time. And, and I would rather see him as the permanent manager 
and then given time to fix this and say, yeah, fix it in six months. I don't think that works. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, enjoy the opening of 2022, which has been somewhat ruined by Manchester United. But uh, we'll get in touch get in touch with us, as I mentioned earlier, um, and we'll speak to you soon after the game with Aston Villa. Uh, enjoy your weeks and thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.